0: All right, going to start the show now. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're back for another week to annoy you about motorcycles. And a bunch of stuff. Always
1: the stuff. We got another cool interview this week. Yes, indeedy. We're interviewing Ben Slavin. 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 Ben Slavin of MotorcycleMexico.com and a DVD series. He's put together that uh, basically tells you how you can go about taking your own adventure ride down into Mexico. So if you're like me and you're utterly clueless
0: about Mexico and need some help because you can say cerveza (laughs) sometimes and usually mispronounce it.
1: How do you mispronounce cerveza? What do you say? Cerveza? Cerveza. Depends how drunk you are. How many cervezas deep am I? There's There's a completely southern guy on this DVD who can say it right. Well, I'm not from the south, am I? No, you're from a normal place. (laughs) <laughs> and we've just lost
0: our second. There goes our second. <laughs> All right, so I want to start tonight out by talking about people we've seen on the road because I've got a couple of doozies. Okay. First and foremost, I would like to talk about Prepare to Be Surprised Scooter Guy. <laughs> so I've seen the Prepare to Be Surprised Scooter Guy twice. Same setup. So pre- Prepare to Be Surprised Scooter Guy is going down the road with the center stand of his scooter not really very far off the road. Okay. I wish to God I could be there with a camera when he goes to take his first left turn after filling up (laughs) because that is going to be funny. That is going to be comedy gold.
1: You you think maybe he just didn't kick it all the way up or maybe it was just I think that's totally what he did and he's
0: just oblivious to it. Wow. He's rocking the helmet and the the short sleeve shirt and the shorts and the flip flops. Yeah, yeah. So he's not, you know, t- paying really careful, close attention to his bike. He Probably doesn't check
1: his fluids frequently and his tire pressures every day. I, I, I had one of our listeners say we, we need to be nicer to the scooters. Nicer to the scooters? They were thinking we were mocking the scooters too much. What have we been mocking scooters? I don't know. We mock everything.
0: Yeah, we mock everything. We like
1: scooters. Yeah, we we'll do mock like them. scooters. We like Stroms. We mock those. We, we like especially we mock those. We especially like girls in mesh shirts on scooters. That's good too. Hi, Melinda. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed this one. <laughs> She's our scooter rider listener. Oh, okay. Who else?
0: Uh, the other one I got to see was there was a typical Billy and Sally couple. They're,
1: they're starting to come out of the woodwork now. They're
0: coming out of the woodwork now. Now it's really warm and Billy and Sally are coming out. Billy's got the backwards baseball hat on. Mm-hmm. Sally has the, uh, the, the minimalist tank top on and the really short shorts on. And, and the
1: thong sticking out of her. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, the whale tail. She's clutched behind Billy on the cruiser, and uh, they're stopped at a light, and I'm stopped at a light going, you know, 90 degrees, the opposite, kind of way through the intersection to them. And the light turns green, and just, like, out from behind a building comes a guy on a speed triple, you know, <laughs> and just goes, <laughs> past Billy and Sally. <laughs> Billy wobbles a little, and gets going. Oh,
1: <laughs> now we just lost our cruiser listener we <laughs> like cruisers too but we make fun of them yeah we, we make fun of everything we like folks what have we ever been mean to scooter people i don't know i don't even know what she was listening to i'm mean to people in flip-flops you know when you were first talking about billy and sally yeah i was thinking of uh billy and sally on the sport bikes every time i see billy and sally on a sport bike i gotta wonder is sally comfortable let me answer that question for you no <laughs> <laughs> sport bikes were picking up chicks the dude at the dealer told me. Oh, okay. He said I'd, I'd get all the chicks. Clearly, I've been doing the wrong thing. I'd be sick. I thought they were for sitting at a gas station. Leaning on at gas stations. Oh, sorry. Yeah, leaning on at gas stations in color-matched gear. Make sure you lean on the proper side of the sport bike, folks, or you're going to fall over.
0: Oh, yeah, right, yeah. If you lean on the wrong side, your bike falls over and you're on top of it, and that never looks cool.
1: No, that's our safety tip of the week. Safety tip of the week from the Wheel Nerds. So I'm, I'm curious about what you wrote down here with the, the Adventure Energy Snack.
0: Oh yeah! Did you hear about this cool new adventure energy snack that they came out with? Is it like one of those gel things? No, no, it's a hard thing. It's really cool. So it's uh, it's full of. Uh, it makes uh, gives you a shiny coat and uh, nice clean teeth. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, it's super hardcore because you know it's like there's no flavor. It's all about the benefits of it and all the nutritional benefits of it.
1: You know, uh-huh. and
0: uh, it's you know only for the real hardcore folks. Is it good? And I gave you a sample of it. I don't like you. <laughs> of course. As Chuck's shiny coat and clean teeth and fresh breath will tell you. Shut up. Our new adventure snack is Dog Biscuits. So without further ado, here's Chuck's review of Adventure Dog Biscuits.
1: They taste kind of like cardboard. <laughs> you know what? No. You know what they really taste like? They taste like those super healthy whole grain crackers you get at the at Whole Foods. Cardboard. Cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what they taste like. And in my defense, I didn't know it was a dog biscuit. What, the the bone shape didn't clue you in? They make cookies that look like that.
0: Yeah, actually, I get one from a coffee place I go, except that it tastes like a cookie, not a dog biscuit. It was small. I I
1: mean, I I ate the half of it in a bite. How was I supposed to, you know? (laughs) Someone put it on my desk.
0: (laughs) Folks, if you're listening, put anything on Chuck's desk and he'll eat it. I thought it was a snack.
1: (laughs) Well, evidently it was, wasn't it? It was hardcore to eat it. Yes, that's true Because they told me it was a dog biscuit when I was halfway through it And I kept eating You
0: heard it here first, folks From the Wheel Nerds The new hardcore energy food is dog biscuits If you aren't eating dog biscuits, you aren't
1: hardcore Yeah, so, you know, screw this off-road riding crap or whatever Screw that, no If you're not eating a dog biscuit, uh-uh you're... Adventure dog biscuits Adventure dog biscuits No dog biscuits, you're a poser <laughs> I want to see side bags out there packed with dog biscuits To the brim <laughs> I brought some snacks. What'd you bring? Dog biscuits.
0: Kick ass.
1: <laughs> Hard cool. Let's go right over those
0: rocks now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, first, I'm going to say I have a f- an old high school friend, Mike Ugali, and he had a pretty bad crash. Uh-oh. Uh oh. While we were doing Durango. Oh, no. Yeah, he uh, almost lost his arm. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he was fortunately he was wearing all his gear, had yeah. le- a leather one piece on. Cool. So he just had get some pretty massive uh, surgery and some metal mm. in his shoulder, but uh, he's going to recover. Cool, he's good.
0: Uh, well, a shout out so, to Mike.
1: Yeah, feel better, man. In better news, I'm I'm very excited by the Eric Buell Racing website. And the Eric
0: Buell Racing website. You know, we were accused.
1: And by if you're listeners. short, squat, and ill-favored, and think I'm talking too much about Buell, screw you. That about sums it up. The one thing we we want to say about the the new Eric Buell site. Is they were listing future models.
0: Future models. There was RX, SX, and AX. AX. AX is of particular interest to us because the RX had a little like kind of like road looking shape in the R. R so I'm assuming
1: that's road racing. Road racing road. Or...
0: I'm thinking S would be sport because it had sort of okay. quasi futuristic look to the X. Okay. And A had some green behind the AX. What could green be? I think it stands for Adventure Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's with Starbucks with an X.
1: Man, I hope so. Oh, yeah. An 1190 version of a Ulysses. Well, the, the adventure market is sort of becoming motorcycles version of the SUV.
0: Yeah, very much so. Well, I mean, in the original adventure bikes, the Strom and the GS and the Tiger were notable and awesome because they were good at everything. and you, know, you just do whatever. And, you know, I know the Tigers were around before that and there were GSs before that, but… Uh, Thing you think of an, advent- of an adventure bike is a fairly new animal. Yep. Adventure Starbucks has taken over.
1: Yeah, and the, you know, and that spawns the whole hardcore crowd. It's yep. Now there's really-
0: hardcore crowd who aren't eating dog biscuits. You pansy asses. <laughs> We're gonna go on ADV, and there's gonna be this thread. Have you eaten dog biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> dog biscuits. Show us your dog biscuit pictures. <laughs> pictures of guys with. Actually, I'm making that. I'm making that right now. Send us your dog, your adventure dog biscuits pictures, and we'll put you on the Wheel Nerd site.
1: Yeah. Does that mean I have to do another one? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If someone sends us a picture of them eating a dog biscuit, I will post up a picture of me eating the dog biscuit, too. And we will be hardcore together. Folks, you got it. You
0: got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You will make my day.
1: Maybe I can get one of those good dog biscuits with the frosting. (laughs) All right. Hey, well, let's talk about some gear. Ooh, I love gear. Yeah, we've got two <laughs> two toys to talk about the Ride Cool Face Change Vest.
0: Oh yeah. So when John came and picked me up in Moab, it was a bajillion degrees, give or take a million. Why John pick you up? Because the URL is not that great for going four hundred miles on the highway. It turns out.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Really. Was it was it broken? No. Was it broke down? No. Could it could it not move anymore? No. I don't understand. It broke me. <laughs> <laughs> You're broken. <laughs>
0: uh, that's fair. It's okay, I'm still broken. Chuck has his little pad on for his bad case of wanker elbow. (laughs) He claims it's tennis elbow from the bike. I think we all know different. Chuck has a giant picture of himself now in the Wheel Nerd studio. I have serious suspicions around that elbow and that picture. It's a good picture. Yeah, if you like Chuck.
1: I do like Chuck. See, there you go. (laughs) It's a picture of me on the Buell going around a corner. What's not cool about that? It's fairly cool. If there's a little less Chuck in it, it might be better. What? What? It's got the mountains, the the forest, the the bull, me, me, yeah, me, yeah,
0: yeah. I like it less every time you say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you think I sit down here every night for two to three hours between you know nine and eleven p.m. with the lights off and a candle burning, staring at that picture? Because I don't. <laughs> We all believe you. I put that picture just for you. That's sweet of you. I figured I'd get a couple more and just surround your chair with them. Just surrounded by Chuck's. Wheelers was canceled this week. <laughs> <laughs> Todd ran screaming from Chuck's house. <laughs> Uh okay, so the Ride Cool face change vest that John brought down because he was excited for us to try it out in the desert. Yeah, and uh so so was it so I'm I'm curious now
0: because it was it was a bajillion degrees, give or take a million. It was pretty hot. <laughs> it was evil hot. I'm inside the
1: car waiting for the air conditioning to come on I'm thinking. <laughs> come on Short answer, it was great. It's essentially a vest that you put otter pops into. <laughs> it does look like popsicles. It is. They look like popsicles. Those popsicle they're, pockets. They're, they're popsicle pockets and these these face change material, which I guess means melt slow. Ice <laughs> ice cubes you otter stick pops. in. Yeah, they're Otter Pops. You stick them into the pockets and they they keep you cool. And when you put this thing on, it's like a flak jacket.
0: Yeah, that thing was pretty solid. We put in we put in all the popsicles into the front, and Chuck's kind of like, "All right, hit me.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, hit me. Come at me, bro." <laughs> And we put them in the back and you couldn't bend over. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was wondering the whole time I was riding Animal Lab, comfortable because of that vest. Sure. If I could just replace the phase change stuff with actual Otter Pops because then I would be cool and have a tasty snack. Yeah. Although they'd be melted by the time you were ready to use them. Yeah, they're still good. <laughs> That's fair. I think – and, and that, that phase change stuff, you know, we're in the desert. Between when I left and when you guys picked me up again – Uh, It was a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool, pretty much all the way through the hot parts. Good deal. John had warned me that I would start to feel hot in it once the cooling effect had worn off. Oh, sure. Once once it started to take on the ambient air temperature. Right. But I never got that. Okay. It was, uh, I actually took it off just because I I started poking all the pockets and Uh I'm like, everything's soft. This this (laughs) can't be doing anything for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the phase, the uh, Ride Cool phase change vest, we'll put a link on the site. If you're prone to getting hot when you're riding and, and, you know, you're in the desert, you do a lot of desert riding, you know, you do a lot of stoplight, I guess, riding, you know, commuting in the city and you're just sitting at your lights. Weapon of choice, huh? It's Yeah. I mean, it's kind of pricey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the the
1: evaporative cooling vest, which are great for about like half an hour or so. And you know, the, the advantage this thing has over the evaporative vest is you don't ever feel wet, wet. Cause it's dry. It's dry. Your beard dries bone the whole time. Sure, you're just wearing a popsicle flag jacket. <laughs> you're, wearing, you're wearing a <laughs> popsicle flag jacket. Maybe if I just change the ones in the front top pockets with OtterPots. Sure, pots. right.
0: Because you can reach those easily.
1: Yeah, and you, you can eat those before they melt.
0: We'll know? call you. Call you on your little on your on your Cena, and we'll be like, "Hey, Chuck, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good." Things are great, <laughs> and that leads us to the other toy of the week, the Cena SMH10. Okay, I have to I have to make a me a call, I've been I've been anti make calls from the motorcycle for a while now. I made one this evening, uh-huh. and uh, it was tremendously
1: convenient. That's all it is. It's convenient. Yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to to have that option. Yep, totally. Um, so the Cena was what I went with for a, a Bluetooth solution. Pairs right up with the iPhone. It has the uh, advanced AEDVC. I don't know whatever they call it pairing protocol. Beep boop beep. So I think I was getting stereo music from my oh, that's cool. from the, the music side. It had voice control so I could tell it to shuffle, to change playlists, to call somebody, to you know everything but order the schnitzel from the black helicopter. Beep duck 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 duck. Sound quality was great because I got the uh, optional clamp where you can plug in your own headphones.
0: That's pretty cool. A lot of people I've got I've got the uh, the scale and uh, a lot of people do the mod to it but mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fairly invasive, geeky mod involving soldering and
1: fiddly little wires. Yeah, I'd be kind of hesitant to do that with headphones because the – have you ever cracked open a headphone wire? It's, it's teen, teeny. It's teeny and it's, you know, one's wrapped inside the other. So it's yeah. – it's, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I agree. It, it's kind of uh... – I don't know if my hands are that steady. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mine are just – Big and clubby. But no, yeah, so cena has got this optional clamp you can get along with it for another 30 bucks, where you can hmm. plug in your phones of choice. And, you know, I've got my phones with the, the cool earwaxy stuff. And, uh, but I still it, can't make work. Really? I, I, you just I, hold I, them in your hand. Yeah, I, I need to,
0: like, watch a video or something to get it right because I, I, keep, I keep putting them in and then they promptly, like, I'll move my ears and they'll fall
1: out. How do you move your ears? What, are you wiggling them like Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. Why are you doing that? I don't know because I'm making faces in my helmet or singing. Is that what you do? My helmets sing all the time, don't you? Well, yeah, but do you make faces? Yeah, usually when I'm going, ah,
0: you fuckers, ah!
1: That's most of the time. That's pretty often. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I say that a lot. How deep do you put the plugs in? Mm -hmm. Some. I don't I don't I'm sorry, I uh, don't have my ear rulers installed at the moment. So the, the Cena is way cool. Everyone I called talked to on the phone. Yep, said they couldn't tell. Actually, I got that same
0: thing with the uh, with the uh, with the scale, the scala. Yeah, I think pretty much if you've got if you've got the uh, anti noise microphone mm-hmm. and you've got it inside a relatively quiet helmet, it seems like it's just like talking to someone inside a little room.
1: Yeah, it works great. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with this purchase.
0: Cool. So a couple questions about it. So one of the things that annoys me about the Scala and the Scala-owning audience members, both of them. Can Tune out now. So one of, one of the things that annoys me about the Scala is once I plug in my MP3, the only way to control the volume on the MP3 player is on the MP3 player itself, which is usually in a pocket oh. or in the tank bag or something in an inconvenient spot.
1: Okay. The coolest thing about this, Cena, there are two controls. Okay. One's a button. Okay. And the other one is this giant dial that you can you could have Eskimo mitts on and still work this dial. Oh, okay. And That's that controls cool. the volume. Oh, neat. And if you push it and turn it, it makes the song selection go forward or back. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, technically it's two buttons because the, sure. the dial's a button too, but it's the simplest control scheme in the world. Oh, Very cool. And with the iPhone, it seemed like it controlled everything. Way cool. Yeah. I never had to you know think. Oh, I wish I could go. Digging through my iPhone. Dig, 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 dig. Okay.
0: Okay, so I think it's time to have another one of those Chuck and Todd aren't talking and someone more interesting is talking bits. Yeah. Those are great. Those are cool. Because we don't have to shit. I'll be over here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to give a call to uh, Ben Slavin
1: of MotorcycleMexico.com. Yeah, here we go. Hey, uh, we're on the air now with Ben Slavin. Slavin? How, How do you pronounce that, Ben?
2: Yeah, Slavin. You got it right.
1: Ben Slavin, Stuffing. you know I got to start right away. That sounds like the fakest internet name ever. <laughs> you know what? I want a cool internet name, Todd.
0: <laughs> what are what you going to use for cool
1: internet? My cool internet name is going to be Hugh Grection.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The level of dialogue is starting right at the normal level on the show today.
1: Just remember, call me Hugh. Oh, I'll call you something. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, we're on with Ben Slavin. He is the creator of Motorcycle Mexico DVD series.
0: Okay, I'd like to start by just making one complaint about the site. It is absolutely impossible to browse this site at work and have it look like you're doing work. <laughs> <laughs> a boss mode would really go a long
1: way because the site is fun, and you end up reading it for a really long time, reading people's reports. There's a, Yeah, there's a lot of information on the site, and the DVDs are like four and a half hours worth of... A lot of stuff. Cool. I mean, uh, the, I guess the kind of general gist, which I got from watching the DVDs, you put together a bunch of people's ride reports – and broke them up into categories.
2: All the information that's there is, is really nothing new. It's just all consolidated and, and put into one place in the easy-to-digest format.
1: Ma- what made you uh, you know, put this thing together? I mean, were you like, I want to go to Mexico, and there's no information other than a bunch of guys on ADV yakking?
2: Yeah, not too far from the truth. So I wish I had this DVD before I went to Mexico for the first time. Uh, about a year before I made the DVD, I rode from my home in New Hampshire to uh, Ushuaia at the southern tip of Argentina, and uh, I kind of just learned it all along the way by by researching ADV for hours and hours and hours, endless hours for for weeks or months, I guess, and I got home and tons of folks started asking me questions about, you know, how how do I do these kinds of things in Mexico, what's the the military like, police, what do I need to cross the border, and it was all the same questions I had before I left, so I thought, uh, what better way to get people educated and inspired than uh, I guess, hearing it from directly from a bunch of other travelers, their peers, excited to go down and check out south of the border. Hey, Ben, what do you ride? I ride a uh, an uh 2 KLR650. Ah, the old tank style.
1: Ah. Love it.
2: No beauty queen, but it's a workhorse.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Another KLR guy.
0: I got to say, that the notion for the Mexico thing sounds great to me, because uh, growing up in New England, Mexico is just about the farthest thing away in the world. I've been there once to Cabo for a week. He saw it on TV.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's tough to get good Mexican food up here, I tell
0: you. Yeah, that, that is one thing about moving to the West that's really nice. On the other hand, you can't get good Chinese
1: food in the West. so. <laughs> well, you go far enough West. Well, you go far enough West, but good come, luck in the Rockies. Come to California. You can get good Mexican food and Chinese food. Okay, well. Ha! That's why I get, you know, growing up in San Diego, I'm like five minutes from the border. And uh, that that's actually what drove me to find... Your DVD and website, because I I spent a lot of time in Mexico as a teenager and college student. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to go back on a motorcycle and, you know, be kind of (laughs) sober for a change, Have sober-like qualities? Sober-like qualities, yeah.
2: What's kind (laughs) of part of the fun is, you know, going down there and enjoying some cervezas. And it's all the better when you can take your own motorcycle down there to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I drove my own car in Mexico. A lot of people are afraid to take even their car or themselves into Mexico. notion being Mexican drivers are super... Freaky and scary, or something? Mexican drivers are insane. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Ben, Ben, can you uh, what you throw in here? I'll check the book.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. These Boston drivers are kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, I feel much safer south of the border, though, because people really pay attention up here. There's all kinds of soccer moms on cell phones, and no one's really paying attention to the road, and it's quite dangerous up here. I feel
1: people are are pay attention, and they're more aggressive. Is is what I I notice about Mexico. And tires are optional. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what Fault i've seen cars are common
1: yeah I've, I've, oh. well, I, I've seen tire cars go down on just you know rims <laughs> damn <Nice. laughs> so uh, when you were putting this dvd together how did you how did you find this you because you, you got a like a cast of characters from almost every background you've got a hispanic guys who are talking you've got a couple dudes from the south you've got european dudes You've got uh, women. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Is this is this a book about going to Mexico, or is this one of those like <laughs> corporate culture books with the smiling multicultural people in suits on the cover?
2: Uh, this is a pretty eclectic, like I guess a motley crew, really. And uh, what I went to was uh, the I went to the third annual Latin American Riders Rally, and it took place in Minnesota, of all places, just about as far away from uh, Latin America as you can get in the United States. Yeah. There was a bunch of cool folks. That's where I got met, about half the folks. And the rest I just met along the way on my travels, some folks from Texas. And I interviewed two guys from Mexico. And everyone was really excited to chime in and and, uh, get other people excited about checking out Mexico.
1: Everyone there was without a doubt excited about going to Mexico, riding through there, and and getting other people to kind of get over the fear of going. The oh, no, it's Mexico. Yeah, the oh, no, it's Mexico. Oh, about these people, uh, John Martin, every time I saw his bits – I just kept wondering what the hell was behind him. It, it looked like an exploded pop-up camper.
2: <laughs> oh man, I know some people are going to love to hear that. That's pretty much what it was—an exploded pop-up camper, and uh, it had a few holes in it because we were shooting a potato gun at it for. Um...
1: <laughs> John Mario was great because the dude had like a really kind of deep Southern accent, and he was cool.
2: Oh, he's a great character and a, and a good person. You should hear him speak Spanish; it's even better.
1: With that accent, I wow, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to start i just every time he was on the screen talking i was just like is that like where the bodies go and <laughs> <laughs> why why is that behind him oh, that guy,
2: because it used to, to be in an front here i mean everything he does is awesome he the way he just travels and he's been going through latin america for like the past uh, six or eight months he's been on the road just seeing his pictures and reading his ride reports is, is incredible I, I wish i could have as much fun as he does
1: oh, wow that's cool so, uh, and a couple other things while I was watching these uh, videos. What, what's kind of cool is, you know, you, you're watching these segments and he's got them broken up by language, mm-hmm. police, military accommodations.
0: Oh, okay. I was <laughs> imagining the DVD, you hit the wrong button and it starts giving you the French version of how to <laughs> ride in Mexico. I, I follow
1: now. He broke it up. There's this one part where he's talking about accommodations, uh-huh. and every now and then Ben kind of puts himself in the video and he gives it like a little spiel. Yeah. So everyone's talking like, oh, you can camp anywhere you want. You can, you know, you can do in a hotel. You could be here. You could be there. And all of a Ben pops up. He's like, you could sleep in the hooker hotels. It's cheap and safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. I think. Uh, I think we. I think we better hear more about that. He was more diplomatic. He called them the love hotels.
0: Okay. They weren't like Hooker Castle stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. true. You know, for a motorcycle traveler, you're looking for for a safe place to park your bike at night and uh, a clean room. And, and it's kind of quite amusing, but those uh, love motels, are, are no motels or no sea mo- no no motels or no-kiss-no-tell kiss motels, it's a great place for a moto traveler. Well,
1: yeah, and, and figured. For the folks at home figured that they've got a lot of uh, foreign tourist traffic going there anyway. Yeah, makes so. sense. So
0: they've got a huge dude,
1: several huge dudes running around ready to,
0: you know, put the smack down on anyone who's messing around.
1: Yeah, they want to make sure you're safe there <laughs> while you're spending money.
0: <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's uh, good to know. <laughs> that's a keeper. I would never have known that. That's awesome. <laughs> Hooker your castles. Check. I don't think that works that way in Nevada.
1: I'm going to go out on on a limb there. No, no. The hooker castles in Mexico are – they're higher class than hooker castles in Nevada. (laughs) So, you know, for uh, for someone like Todd who's, you know, from your neck of the woods and – Utterly clueless. And burns in under fluorescent light, where should he start? I mean if he was going to go to Mexico, is there like routes that are more popular than others –
2: yeah, there's some, there's definitely some famous routes, or some really popular routes. And if you're on limited time, you know, and and you want to do a a good introduction to Mexico, it's Baja because it's uh, it's it's much more mellow than the mainland, and it's really easy to cross from San Diego. Yeah. Crossing down Baja, and, and you can cruise down the highway on Highway One, or you can cruise down the back roads. It's a, a lot more fun. Get off the pavement. That's a great place to start for Mexico.
1: When's the last time you were in Mexico? I'm...
2: My last trip through Mexico was uh, last November, so about six or seven months ago.
1: Okay, so that's you know now that Mexico is the, the news story of the day for beheadings and shootings and all their narco traffic, did you notice any of that?
2: No, I mean, uh, if you go looking for it, it's really not too hard to find, but if, if you're just a conscious traveler... It's easy to stay in the clear. You know, you can't believe everything you hear in the news. Not, not everybody that goes down there is going to get beheaded and, and robbed.
1: Did you notice more of a police presence or a federally p- presence?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty common to see military checkpoints all over the place and, and a bunch of, essentially these are kids with guns. And I remember my first time was a little bit unsettling, but, you know, now it's, it's just kind of common practice and you go down and you just kind of shoot the shit with them and chit chat and they want to ask questions about the bike. And it's really pretty mellow and you know that they're there for your safety. so So it's all good, really.
1: Are the gas stations down
2: there full serve only? If you go to Mexico, you'll never have to pump your own gas.
1: Because I've never bought gas in Mexico. The farthest I've ever gone was like Ensenada or something. Far enough to get plowed. <laughs> and crawl back. Is that just kind of a law then? Is...
2: I think it's just, you know, someone gets a job and um, yeah, it's that's all their deal. included in the price. And it's, it's pretty mellow. It's nice, you know. You just never have, to, never have to pump your own gas. It's pretty sweet.
1: You know how you were talking about parking in a hotel for like a trick? They were letting him do that just... It's part of the thing. He's, oh. he's got this nice clip of him driving out of the hotel onto the sidewalk. Sick.
2: <laughs> Anything goes, you know. They don't. They don't care. If you, imagine pulling into like a Marriott here in the states with a big smelly motorcycle that's leaking oil on the floor. They'd, they'd kick you right out. But in Mexico, they're like, "Yeah, no problem. It's all good."
0: That it uh, depends on the Marriott. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bargain shopper when it comes to hotels, and I've encountered a couple. Uh, you probably get away with that. Which actually brings me. it actually makes me think of now talking about people being really scared being in Mexico, and I'm thinking of like this one hotel I stayed at in Des Moines of all places. I was sleeping with a huge knife next to me with all the locks on the door.
1: <laughs> like you know, actually, I wonder if Mexico would actually be any scarier than the spooky hotel in Des Moines. No, you just have to worry about the guy knocking on the door every half an hour to say your time's up.
2: <laughs> Time's up. Slide money You're talking about Des Moines, obviously. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> One cool trick that I, I kind of gleaned from the DVD, which I, I thought was interesting, was a couple of the people who did the ride reports were talking about if you're lost somewhere, mm-hmm. pay a taxi to, to lead you. That's freaking brilliant. That was pretty. Have you done that?
2: Yeah, I've done that quite a few times, and it works well because obviously those local guys know how to get by. And for a couple pennies, really, I mean, less than a dollar, you can find your way through a city, you find your way to a hotel. It works out great.
1: My experience has been mainly in the border towns. Um, do you find your dollar goes a lot farther once you get out of that zone?
2: Uh certainly does. And once you get, I mean, the borders are really no place to hang out. That's just kind of uh, you know, there's no real culture in the bro- in the border areas. So. Get down into the mainland, and, and you really start enjoying it. And the the dollar definitely goes a longer ways. as farther away you get from tourist attractions as well.
0: Okay, so I got a question for you. Having never been to Mexico, and knowing basically as much as I could read on your site in a few hours, it, totally not at work. What's the awesome thing no one's ever seen in Mexico that just blew your mind? And what's the what's the really cool thing that we you're the only place we can find out about it?
2: If you go if you go down there as a a tourist on a bus or in a plane. They take you to the tourist places. But if you go on a bike, that's what I'm trying to sell, right? Having dinner on the side of the road at some street stand with this, with this old grandmother that's selling tacos and talking with her. And that's kind of like the coolest experience you'd ever have that you'd never be able to find in a guidebook or on a guided tour.
1: And that would be some of the best food, right?
2: It'd be the most amazing food you ever had in your life.
0: Being in the weather versus looking at it through a bus window. Yep. Yeah,
2: certainly. W-
1: would you recommend going down by yourself for your first trip or getting... Three or four other guys on bikes, and you guys go together.
2: I think if you're in a, in a if you're in a huge group, yeah, I might, it might be uh, a little suspicious or a little bit tricky. But if you're in a group of you know three or four riders, that might feel pretty comfortable. If you if you're confident, you know, a rider a traveler heading down solo is perfectly uh, okay and acceptable. I rode a lot solo in Mexico, but um, you know, for your first time, if you're not comfortable, head down with a friend or two, and it'll still be a great time.
1: How was your Spanish to first trip down?
2: Horrible. <laughs> that was what? no hesitation at all. <laughs> wait, 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 what's a Spanish?
1: <laughs> no, no yeah. Espanol. Yeah, he's from New. Yeah. Would you say don't do
2: that? I think that the more Spanish you know, the better, but if, if you don't know any, uh, learn two words and you'll be okay. You want to learn um, ooh, ooh. Baño, Mas, for, baño for bathroom and cerveza ooh, for cerveza. cerveza. Those are the
1: two I know. <laughs> <laughs> baño. de baño and una más <laughs> cerveza. La cuenta, por favor. <laughs> be all set. La asking cuenta? for the
0: check. Oh, okay. Because La Quinta is that hotel chain here, and I'm pretty sure that means next to Denny's.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's right, but I always call the strippers ballerinas. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a good laugh at you. Maybe. Well, it worked. <laughs> Uh, you know, the other cool thing in, in his video was uh, he sat down with a, n- a nurse, I guess, that was specializing in travel medicine.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Huh. She recommends you drink beer. Oh, because yeah. nothing can live in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's why they drank it in the Middle Ages. Fruits and veggies, avoid, drink beer. H- how important is that kind of knowledge do you find, Ben, in terms of, you know, knowing how to stay healthy? <laughs> you know, You always hear, the water... Don't drink the water, capital T, capital W, dun, dun, dun.
2: Of course, Montezuma's revenge, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, I I didn't shy away too much. I ate at tons of street vendors.
1: Did you ever get sick?
2: No, I had some mild indigestion, but I never had that nasty stuff that, you know, they warn you about. Uh Other people do get sick, so I think that kind of thing can happen, and one thing I didn't do is drink the local water. I know a lot of people do, but it's either cheap to buy a bottled water, or I use a little purifier to take with me, and um, Mm. if you only have a few days, too, it's like, why risk a trip and, and spend the whole time? the bathroom so just take a few precautions and yeah, your yeah. time. if you're if you're there for a couple of months well then you can kind of acclimatize yourself to the water but
1: did anyone look at you funny when you pull out the little sterilization pen and stick it in your bottle?
2: It is a little bit awkward, so I would definitely do that in private.
1: <laughs> like, oh, yes, thank you so much, but I don't trust your water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. What do, what
0: do you use for water purification out of curiosity?
2: No, I had a SteriPen. It worked great. Okay. And, uh, you know, if I was at a, a restaurant and they gave me a glass with ice in it, I, I'd just drink it. I wouldn't think about it. But if I was filling up my water bottle and a and a tap in the hotel room, then I would purify it for sure. Oh, yeah,
0: the truck rule. So the theory goes like this. When you're looking for a place to eat and you're on the road, you look for a place with the most pickup trucks parked at it, and failing that, the most motorcycles parked at it. Does it work in Mexico? What do you, what do you look for, I guess, to find the good food in Mexico?
2: No, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, one song? of the guys I interviewed was a Mexican, and he, he gave me that advice. And he's absolutely right. Just, you know, cruising down the side of the street, and you see a place that has a lot of, a lot of truckers, uh, you know it's a good yeah. place for a couple reasons, because... Uh, they're they're they got fresh food because they're always rotating their food. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. A restaurant that I sees one person a day, which might stockpile the food. Mm. I I ate at only places that had plastic tables and chairs. That's how I knew it was in my price range. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not the not the metal ones with the paint chipping off. No, nah, that's, that's too fancy. It's got to be plastic. Okay. All right.
1: Have you met the the legless guy that's in in Mexico?
2: Coco, yeah, down at Coco's Corner. I stayed with him for a night.
1: Okay. And that, the adv guys talk about him a lot Uh Um, he's just out in the middle of nowhere and oh and he's
0: got i think i think i've seen pictures that he's got the fancy house or something
1: like that that he lets people stay
2: at by fancy house you mean like a uh impromptu ranch or there's there's like the middle of nowhere but yeah it's quite nice
1: there's bed frames out in the middle of the ground you just sleep on because it's it's nice out there I, i gather
2: yeah, they barely get any rain. And um, he, he's such a nice guy, just such a nice, genuine, welcoming guy. And uh, he invited us. So I was riding with the guy, Steven, at the time. And we just cruised through, and he waved us down. And, and I was like, Yeah, you can sleep here, and you can have some beers, and I'll give you some extra gas, and just kind of probably the best entertainment I had on my entire trip. And, uh, you know, he didn't really want anything in return other than our friendship. He's just such a cool guy. You know, and so- something like that is probably one of the better parts of Mexico.
1: He seems to be like on the must stop list for the the adv guys when they gotcha. head down.
2: Yeah, yes. certainly, certainly.
1: It's cool. Do you think then, and in some ways that, that some parts, some of the routes are maybe getting over traveled, or, or you know, uh, coming becoming too? Are they Are they turning into tourist routes? Yeah.
2: Well, I think it, it, adventure motorcycling or motorcycle travel is exploding thanks to our buddies uh, Charlie and Ewan. so i think uh yeah i don't know maybe that's happening but it's it's still a big adventure for anyone who does it even if there's others to do it as well so
1: because you know when i read about the coco it it seems like he's only out there for bikers to run across (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's been out
2: there for about 20 years and it just kind of happened slowly that he uh, bikers (laughs) seem to learn about him and go there and um he's he's... well off the beaten path so if you're you're just a, a normal baja tourist or uh, cruise ship tours.
1: Yeah, you're not going to meet him, but if you're an ADV guy or you know you're off roading down there, yeah, he's a dude you want to stop with. Huh. Hey, so tell us a little bit what you've what you're working on now. You were saying you just got back from Colombia, and wow. you're doing a, a web series.
2: Yeah, so I'm working with a guy, um, uh, Mike Thompson of Motolumbia or Casablanca uh, Hostel down in Cali, Colombia. He owns a, a motorcycle tour and rental company, and so he and I are going to be doing a. Documentary about motorcycling in Colombia, and I was down there doing some research and making a few pilot episodes for uh, uh, just to gauge some interest. Cool. Now,
1: now have you gone motorcycling in Colombia on your own?
2: Yeah, so uh, last year when I rode to Argentina, I stopped at his place, and that's how I met him. And okay. Colombia was a fantastic place. Uh, you know, Colombia and Mexico are probably my two favorite countries on the entire trip.
1: So you're kind of hoping to do for Colombia what you're doing with Mexico then.
2: Well, we're going to do something a little bit different. It'll be much more of a travel story and less of a less of a how-to guide. Oh, okay. Something uh, a bit more entertaining, but it should be a lot of fun too.
0: There need to be more entertaining motorcycle videos. Yes. There, there are, are, are lots of unentertaining
1: ones. Yes. Char- Charlie and you and not be the only entertaining <laughs> ones. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nope, we can't all have that budget. Oh, man. Oh, that budget looks mighty nice.
1: Or people throwing free stuff at us. No, but
2: it's cool. Just to get people excited about motorcycling, it's all good, you know? Yeah. It's
0: cool. But Chuck Chuck had been watching the videos, and he said it's kind of funny because you have this recurring cast of the same talking heads about different stuff. And I thought about this for a second. I said that's kind of, that describes all of the long way videos, too. If you don't have talking heads, you don't have, you don't have a... Motorcycle documentary. Not so much, yeah. Does it get difficult, kind of keeping track of all the different cast characters, or do you are you sort of opportunistic about how you how you find them, how you get them together?
2: Well, I don't. Know. I, got, I guess I've I got everyone together at different times, and then and, and, I don't know. My dv doesn't really follow a standard procedure, but um, you know, it's much more of a, a just a guide. And I think for the person who watches it, you kind of learn to see uh, everyone has their own opinions. All the characters have their own opinions. All the people have their mm. own opinions. I don't know. You kind of judge it. Some people say one thing. Someone says another. It's often contradictory.
1: Did you have like a just like a list of questions for each topic that you, you had each person sort of boom, 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 go down the list? Or did the organization for the DVD come, come after you had all these or, interviews? Organa or what? Organization. Oh, we don't have any of that. Shut up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I started out with a list of questions, but um, the I guess the end DVD product really just kind of came together afterwards when I realized what everyone said. And, and a lot of people chimed in and gave some really good input that I never asked questions to. So that was really good as well.
1: What were you filming with for the uh, on helmet?
2: I had a little GoPro camera. It worked out really great.
1: You didn't have any problems with the Mystic controls? I don't know what everybody's worried about with that.
2: It's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't know. They just upgraded the firmware. You can download it so that there's an easy one button on, one button off, and it makes it super simple to, to record while you're riding. Before that, it was a real pain.
0: You heard it here first, folks.
1: Get the new firmware. How, well, how long has this DVD been out?
2: It's been out since uh, middle of February. Only a few months. Cool. Oh,
1: okay, wow, kind of
2: spanky, shiny new,
1: yeah, so I must have been it must have been pretty early on when I got it, i guess yeah <laughs> i I just assumed it'd been out for a
2: while, <laughs> no, it's all really relevant, it's all uh, i mean i I started making the the d v d starting last fall, so all the information is you know up to date,
1: oh wow, first. yeah, that's cool, it's really good and a lot of really good information it's uh it's a little hard to sit through and and watch all in a in a big shot, yeah, because it, it's just. One after the other, with the with the people talking about mm-hmm. their topics, just more and, than you can absorb in one sitting. Yeah, there's so much of it goes over your head the first time through. Uh-huh. You're you're just like, what's behind that dude? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's
2: definitely looks, not the kind of movie you watch when you're bored on a Friday night. But if you're heading to Mexico, it's just packed with with information.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing, you know, if you've got specific questions, you're like, well, you know, what do I do about, okay. you know, documents? You can go to the segment on the DVD and watch what everyone talks about. The and, DVD encyclopedia, I dig it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really helpful that way. You can watch uh, everyone talk about how they were sneaking stuff in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I swear, John Martin, he was sneaking something out of Mexico. If there's a border guard who listens to our show, Ben will know because next time he tries to go. <laughs> Did you have any problems with immigration coming back on the U.S. side?
2: No, other than the fact that I, I forgot I had my helmet camera on, and they accused me of being a truck driver who was posting video on YouTube. And I assured them that I was not a truck driver, and nor was I posting on YouTube.
1: <laughs> you weren't. Wait,
2: you that's were, a truck. <laughs>
1: I know. Your motorcycle transforms I mean, well I've heard the kill our calda truck.
2: <laughs> no, but so from aside from that it was it was pretty mellow. Leaving Mexico was real simple and then coming back into the States, you know, they just ask you some questions. Where have you been? Why did you go? Yada yada yada. Where do you
1: usually cross?
2: I try and pick a smaller border crossing. So you know, mm-hmm. and, and next to any of the big cities, maybe about a half hour, hour, two hours away, you'll find a smaller crossing, and they're much more mellow, much more fun to get through. So I've oh, crossed wow. in Tecate, which is right next to, or else San Diego and Tijuana, a few hours away. Okay. Or um,
1: do you ever cross at Otay? No, I never have. I've only crossed in two. You could be making all of this up, and I would just be
0: like, uh huh. Okay, <laughs> great. I mean, I've noticed the same thing coming through back and forth from Canada. So, so where you guys know stuff about Mexico, I've been in and out of Canada a bajillion or so times. <laughs> I'm sure growing up, Ben never went to Montreal, where <laughs> you can get beer at 18. The
2: Canadian border crossing is probably harder than the Mexican one. Those guys ask you tons of questions.
0: I came back with Ruth Ann back through a small border crossing in Idaho, and the guy asked, How do you know each other? And it was everything I could do not to answer, carnally.
1: <laughs> I did most of my crossing at San Ysidro, which is the big San Diego crossing, oh. where the lines can commonly be three to four hours. Oh, my God. And uh, those guys give you can give you a pretty hard time.
0: We got one more super-duper important question we have to ask you, Ben. If you were to go to a dealership event, would you prefer to have
2: a band or a bounce house? Uh, definitely a mariachi band.
0: Well, you know, I, I can't fault them there. Yeah, actually, if you mariachis, that might actually be sort of cool. Yeah, especially if
1: girls start dancing to that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's a vote for band, specifically mariachi. We'll add a new category.
1: You know, I would love to see a mariachi band at the BMW. That would be
2: awesome. <laughs> Come by a BMW. <laughs> What's the official tally at for band versus bouncy? I, th-
1: I think we're losing. I think I think
0: bouncy is really really losing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, we have one band and bounce house.
1: Uh, Two bands. Yeah, someone I'm... wants to see the band in the Bounce House. Oh,
2: that'd
1: be nice. No, i actually been in the Bounce House, but <laughs> better. I want to see salsa dancers in the Bounce House. This is a busy Bounce House. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Ben. I think the main word of wisdom is find where the hookers are in Mexico, and that's where you're safest. Sleep with the hookers. <laughs> Wait, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's going to kill me.
0: <laughs> cool. So, Ben Slavin's the uh, creator, filmmaker, writer...
1: Dude, producer, actor, this is going to Chief be Chief cook you. and bottle washer. This is going to be you in the travelogue, right? You're going to be starring in it?
2: In, in the, the Colombian uh, travelogue? Yeah. Well, I'll be doing a lot of filming. We're going to have a tour of riders as well, a group of riders. So if there's oh, okay. interested on, on heading down to Colombia, definitely get in contact with me. And uh, you could you could have an awesome tour and be in the film. Cool. Is all there right. a
0: site or something they should go check out, or is that all on Motorcycle Mexico?
2: Yeah, it's actually not set up yet because I mean we're just starting out with the, the research, but you can drop me an email at ben at MotorcycleMexico.com, and, and we can chat.
1: If you want to go to Colombia with Ben, drop him a line and send us a postcard.
2: Absolutely. All right, well, thanks for your time, Ben. It was really cool talking with you. Cheers, guys. I thanks know, for having me on. I
0: know more about Mexico than I ever have before. We, we'll go to Mexico someday. You'll have fun. Okay.
1: I know where to take you.
0: As long as we don't have to sleep at the hooker cast. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thanks, right, right, guys. Take it easy.
1: Sleep with the hookers. Sleep with the hookers.
0: Much, much more educated about Mexico than I was when we started. Do you want to go ride in Mexico? Kind of do now, yeah, actually. It, watching the videos, it really looks cool. Taking a little of, like, the, the spookiness and mystique out of it really makes it feel a little more reasonable, you know? Because it's it, – I mean, I'll be honest. You know, I'm I'm a very suburban northeastern gringo. White dude. Gringo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Mexico, that's crazy. Just, things are strange there. <laughs> they speak crazy. I'm like a Canadian person talking about crossing Saskatchewan. You came across Saskatchewan? Dun, dun, dun. No, really. They're like that. Okay. People wow. in Ontario are terrified at the idea of crossing Saskatchewan to get to BC. Cuz people a, in It's a funny word. Cuz it's just big and empty. Oh. Imagine like North Dakota mixed with North Dakota mixed with North Dakota mixed with North Dakota to make a land area roughly the size of Multiple Californias. Oh, that's Saskatchewan.
1: Okay, bears.
0: <laughs> Not many bears.
1: No. Okay. Whew. Lots of lots of crops. Crops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but yeah, Mexico is. Uh... I would love to go back through Mexico on a bike just because, you know, I've got so many memories of what I have been through.
0: Well, I'm thinking, you know, and hearing him talk about it, the the, kind of the subtext I'm hearing is it's a lot like traveling in strange places in the U.S. You know, you go somewhere new and, you know, it's a little like a skeevy, weird city or something like that. And you you start getting off the beaten path. You start talking to some of the people almost anywhere. And it's like, oh, okay,
1: Yeah. It's and that's a common theme from all these gathered ride reports in the Mm -hmm. video is. You you know, use your head. Use common sense. You know, trust your gut. But you know, don't be scared, especially around the Federales with machine guns. (laughs) That might scare me a little. There's something about dudes with machine guns—that's sort of vaguely threatening in ways I can't define. It's funny, dude. The cops in Tijuana are heavily armed. They just are. They just are. It goes. Yeah, they open the trunk of the car, and M16s come out. Wow! And they're just like, "I want to write you a ticket now for speeding." Okay. (laughs) You win. <laughs> <laughs> you win this round. Checkmate. <laughs> M16. <laughs> but, you know, everyone in Mexico has, has been, when I've been to Mexico, has been really friendly, really cool. <laughs> so I can just imagine riding your bike once you get past the, the border zone. Sure. That's yeah, got to be great. Well, the border zones are always kind of the
0: skeevy sort of spots. I mean, hell, look at, look at, look at the city. Sorry, Wendover and Evanston. But <laughs> look at the cities around the Utah border. They're little skeevy places to buy beer, porn, and uh, fireworks and yeah, gamble. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what they're there to service. you get out of the border areas and suddenly it's like, oh, this is kind of pretty country. Yeah. And that's Mexico. I'd, sense.
1: I'd be tempted to, to do the Columbia thing if my wife didn't kill me.
0: Yeah, that, that could be a problem though. Yeah, she'd kill me. Killing. I'm right. scared of the Columbia thing. You don't need to be scared of Columbia. No, fuck, I'm scared of my wife. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's precisely it. I'm scared of my wife. She could give me in a headlock It'll be <laughs> terrible. There'll be noggies. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on to some listener Q&A. We have listeners? Listener, yeah. Oh, okay. We've oh, listener it. single. Okay. Well, no, we've got two two letters. Oh, cool. Well, I threw out all the ones that said Team Talk. Oh. a real lot though.
0: Keep you, it up, Team Todd. You owe
1: me for all that paper I, I wasted printing those out.
0: <laughs> Keep it up, Team Todd. We'll have those T-shirts printed at no time. Sol Roland from right here in SLC writes, I'm a fellow U-Tard and finally got around to listening to your podcast. I enjoyed the show and downloaded the rest of the episodes. I think you guys may have misjudged Perry Brothers' Honda. I don't work there, but I did buy a bike from them in October. I'm Open. sorry. <laughs> Let's let's hear him out. Okay. No problem with the test ride. They even offered to deliver the bike, no charge due to the snow flying outside. Yeah, that's cool. So I sold bikes for a summer at one of the other Honda shops in the area. I can understand they're not taking a new bike off the floor for a test ride, especially without having a credit app approved. After all, that 20-mile test ride just turned that new $15,000 Viffer into a $12,000 used model. Seriously, I'm not paying full price for any bike that's been used for demo rides. Asking for a ride on the CBR250 just told them that you weren't serious about buying Told them that we were coming in. But anyway, as a commissioned salesperson, you're in minimum wage if you don't sell anything. Spending 15 minutes wasting time with an unserious customer is too costly to justify. It was always too easy to sell the motorcycle. The difficult part was the ability to spot the buyer who could pay for what they wanted to buy. But enough about that. I know this podcast costs a lot of money to make, especially with the sound quality you guys send out. I don't believe you've actually listened to our podcast anymore. <laughs> We've spent money. Major bucks. Dollars. Donate to Will Nerds now. <laughs> At the make us not sound like crap level of sponsorship, <laughs> you can expect to receive this excellent coffee mug. <laughs> okay, so so this, this is interesting, though, because first off, thanks a lot for writing Roland um, and writing a... Thank you for disagreeing with us in a way that isn't just telling us we fucking suck because yeah. it's kind of cool. We, we welcome everyone disagreeing with us because it's more fun to have a discussion about this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, actually, he's, he raises a lot of interesting points.
0: Yeah, I, I like, in particular, I think one of the things that this really helped drive home for me is the motivation behind, you know, not wanting to do a test ride, which is, you know, it, it is what it is and it's neither here nor there, but it, at least you can understand that it makes internal
1: sense for them not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a car dealer who probably has, you know, 20 cars of the same model. Sure. He's got, the, your bike dealer's got three. Yeah. And he doesn't want to lose money on them.
0: Yeah, totally. I guess the thing that, the thing that keeps hitting my mind, though, is the, the part that isn't consistent is, okay, if that's the case, though, no. Yeah. You know, well, our, our original, our big gripe with the Perry Brothers Honda, just say no. Let just
1: me... Yeah, just say no outright and, and let us, yeah. or, you know, even just talk to us about something else. Yeah, instead of sorry, no test rides it would have been over. You know, even if they, even if they 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 could
0: even have said, you know what, sorry, no test rides unless you're buying. You know, it's a little more direct and kind of I don't know. It feels different, but at the same time, it's direct and you know just don't don't
1: screw with people.
0: Yeah, yeah the the whole
1: yeah, you can have a test ride if you've got 15 grand. Yeah, it's just line. asinine.
0: Yeah, that wasn't really no no, and then it that, that also doesn't excuse their basic non-knowledge of... Of V-Strom? Of V-Strom. <laughs> Damn it. Stroms are great. Everyone should know Stroms. Hart, Stroms.
1: Well, you know, obviously, Perry Brothers has to be doing something right because they're in business. And they've stayed in business even as the economy has gone down. That's true. So, you know... And we saw people there buying bikes. Yeah. Well, we saw old people buying scooters, but... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. They're, they're selling. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering,
0: though, maybe is this... So they take good care of him when he buys something. That's cool. That's, that's good of them. That's taking care of your customers. Mm. But I'm wondering if this is, this is, the, this is the, the happy side of the vending machine effect. Because when you're a vending machine, you put your dollar in the vending machine, and the vending machine
1: almost always delivers. It's a good experience. Here's your ice cream. All right. Yeah. You know? And Roland, you didn't tell us what you got, and you didn't send us a picture of it. Yeah. What the crap, man? Come on. <laughs> we want to see bikes. Brag it up a little. Dude. Seriously. Um.
0: So yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting points, and it it definitely points out that there's always a few sides to every
1: any story. Yeah. So I mean, as much it's a quandary for us because we want to ride a bike. Yeah, we totally want to ride a bike, and it's got to be a problem for them because they don't want some chumps to just ride their bike and to put miles on it. Right. It but they still money. want to sell bikes to yeah. people who are coming in
0: semi undecided. Now, so here here's an interesting here's an interesting parallel to this one. Honda Suzuki here in town lost uh, seven grand yesterday our buddy Claire who just bought the Tiger 800 was raring he was digging the notion of a, of a baby Strom Yep. you know Strom 650 and they have a really nice looking white one a motivated, motivated a motivated, motivated buyer, buyer with the money burning a hole in his pocket
1: to buy this thing a man in his 40s yep. disposable income
0: BMW to trade in and money in hand
1: giant yellow jacket
0: yep (laughs) giant yellow jacket and you know he basically went in there and said you know i'd like to i'd like to test ride the 650 because i think i think i might want to buy one if it's good yeah and they're like oh okay no Mm.
1: well there went seven grand sucks for you guys yeah i mean okay in that case he's definitely a serious buyer yeah why Why, you don't get much more serious than walking in with money yeah and a a bike to trade (laughs) yeah i mean damn dude like
0: that guy you want to convert damn it (laughs) <laughs> convert that guy to a buyer asshats but yeah so, so he goes down to the uh, the triumph place and he rides the Tiger 800 and he's like ooh I like this yeah and I mean you know, I can't guarantee he's going to like the 650 but uh, you know if there's a dude standing there with 7 grand he might want to give you maybe you want to
1: help him out yeah so how do you tell I mean you know he Rowan's saying here the, the big problem is trying to figure out your serious customer from your non-serious customer who just wants to you know ride on bikes because they're dorks
0: yeah, in internet terms, we call that the qualified buyer notion. So a buyer who just comes from completely random. you know If you bought a search term of I like pie and they came to buy tents, that's an unqualified buyer. They're not there interested in tents. If somebody made a search term for buy tents.
1: I like pie. Okay, that's fair. Chocolate but, pie or apple pie. Focus. Mm, you know what would be really good right now? An apple pie with whipped cream and dog biscuits. <laughs>
0: But I guess I can, see, I can see what he's getting out of trying to separate the, the good buyers from the not-buyers. But at the same time, like, how do you make that judgment? And my contention would be there is no way to make the judgment. So you treat everyone like they're a potential buyer, and that way you get the potential buyers.
1: So you got the dealers like BMW, Triumph, who have the demo f- bikes. Right,
0: and I think that's, that's – you know we come back around
1: to that. Now, and that's an overhead that the other dealers can't take can't on. Can't
0: take or won't take on. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that springs to my mind is what about the used fleet?
1: Yeah, because those bikes already have miles.
0: Yeah, and are- no one's going to notice thirty more miles on one. They're
1: already the used
0: bike. As far as I'm concerned, that's your demo fleet. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is, and you know, makes friends.
1: But you know, be consistent about it. But oh, it's tricky. I could yeah, I could see that being a problem because you know we were at that Perry Brothers yeah. and they had a Gixxer. Yeah. So what well, if I jump on a Gixxer for a demo and I'm all like, In it. Suzuki, I got to go, guys. I'm going to go to the Suzuki dealer and buy me a. Yeah, I suppose. And, and, you know, that would only apply to this specific dealer because that's all he carried new was Honda. Sure. Most of the other dealers are, are, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's under one roof. Yeah, it's an interesting quantity. I'll be interested to ask the uh, the guy at the BMW dealership what he thinks about this because there's he, there's definitely a whole like range of possible options. Yep, we are lining up interviews with dealers to to ask them these questions because it's something we're really kind of curious about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if you are a dealer, we want to hear from you about it. Whether you do, whether you don't, why do you? Why don't you? Why do you think it's totally necessary? Why do you think it's totally stupid? I mean, we, we yeah we yeah. don't sell bikes for a living, and we're
1: interested to hear about this. Yeah, Roland, if you want to talk to us some more about you know your experience as a salesperson, that would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. We'd would love to hear about it. Because that whole other side of the fence is it's, it's a bit mysterious. Yeah. They're they're just cool guys with hot chicks on their arms to me. What? Some of the Summoner girls are hot. At the dealerships? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The BMW one's hot. All right. Our next letter comes from uh Max Wedge. He writes That
0: sounds like a fake
1: internet name. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Max Wedge! <laughs> oh, <laughs> So, we had Ben Slavin and Max Wedge on this week's show. Just remember, I'm Huge Erection. <laughs> all fan mail should go to Huge Erection. Oh, God. <laughs> we just lost all the crossover listeners from the pace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this show is <laughs> yucky.
1: <laughs> okay, wait. All right, back to that. Max writes Liking the show, very lighthearted and funny. However, I have a knit to pick. Before you rail on Johnny for his ad, maybe do a little homework? For nerds, I found it a travesty that you didn't know that 2CT stands for two-compound technology. And he gave us a link to this. Oh, okay. Also, something may be wrong with the Buell. Hydraulic clutch actuators generally make it easier to control the clutch, i.e. easier lever efforts, at least in my experience. Love the sky under the wheels. Troubleshooting help for the Euro. Keep up the good work. Have fun. Cool. So we
0: answered this one on the blog too, but we figured it would be worth talking about on the air because uh A, it's pretty cool information. I didn't know about the two compound technology of Sprockets. That's kinda cool. That's you know, kind of it, it bears a striking resemblance to Japanese sword making. They're tires. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we, dug, we dug the education because, you know, as our uh, as the women are fond of reminding us, we don't know everything.
1: <laughs> it's cool to learn something new. Yep. Though I will say on the Buell, and I know I I, this I think on the you site. might actually
0: be crossing the Buell with the uh, Strom because the Strom has the hydraulic clutch and it has the squeeze of death.
1: I'm wondering maybe some of the other Buell models have hydraulics. Could be. Yeah, it would and make sense. The Ulysses does not it's got a cable clutch, a self-tightening cable clutch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if the monkey that you know, was mechanicking on it was a little brighter, it might be okay. <laughs> yeah, and the the, the big Strom's,
0: uh clutch effort is generally described as extremely heroic. <laughs> so, I know I'm not
1: alone in that. And the Euro, well, the Euro's the Euro. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> no problem. What's your last word about uh Johnny?
0: Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, I, I I'm I'm okay not narrating everything, but no mercy for Johnny's and Billy's ever. <laughs> no mercy. Oh uh, yeah. No quarter asked, none given.
1: <laughs> thanks for the letter, Max. Yeah, thanks for the letter. That was cool. All right. So what we've learned this week, Todd? I've learned to sleep with the hookers in Mexico. <laughs> You're safer that way. Absolutely. What have you learned? Dog biscuits
0: are hardcore. <laughs>
1: they won't kill you they're good for you they travel well and they're super hardcore they are super hardcore eat dog hardcore. biscuits be hardcore chicks will dig you
0: alright that's all we have for this week if you'd like to tell us we're wrong about something
1: write to us at wheelnerds at gmail.com. or check us out on our site at wheelnerds.com. alright until next week I'm Todd and I'm Chuck ride safe everybody we'll see you next time if you listen to us on iTunes please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits thanks